Hey everyone, it's Siobhan with the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today I get to sit and chat with Janai. I I can't wait for y'all to hear everything that we're going to talk about today because we already kind of started before we hopped on. So everybody welcome Janai to the show. Yay, thank you. You're welcome. So I already had like my opening <laughs> question. However, we're just going to start in where we uh, were talking before we got on air. I'm going to. I'm going to get you because, (laughs) (laughs) because, um, since we were talking about it, because what most people do before they like get on the show, they, of course, which I would do the same thing, look to see who's already been on the show. So then what happens is people are usually (laughs) intimidated. So Um, because really, honestly, if I was, if the roles were reversed, I probably would feel the same way. So it's very easy for me, the interviewer, <laughs> to say, girl, it's okay. But that leads me to my question for you, because storytelling is not a straight and narrow path, like being a teacher or being a doctor. Our field of choice is like literally, I say a zigzag. You, you don't know which way you're going to go on a map. With that being said, how then have you been able to deal with like feeling like you don't fit in where you are trying to go or feeling like you haven't arrived or you're not qualified? How have you been able to deal with that as a storyteller, filmmaker? It's a combination of things actually happening that will remind me and then like my friends around me that will remind also remind me too, like, well, you've done all of this stuff. You're being put in these rooms for a reason. So like Recently, I I keep getting put in situations where I've wanted to be in, but it was like, why am I here? Or like starting to question it. And my friends would be like, it's a reason you're there. Like you're supposed to be in this room for a reason or your, your, your story got out because other people need to hear it or people are excited for what you're doing because you've already done something that's gotten their attention. So it's like there are small reminders that I have to that, that are put in front of me via my friends or just like the universe that help, help me to remember. So like recently one of my friends told me to make a voice note saying everything that I've done so I can just remind myself like, okay, you've done this, you've done this, you're here for a reason. And then like, I have like, I call it my being Mary Jane wall where I have like different mm-hmm. things <laughs> that I've done or like affirmations to remind me like, okay, I have a purpose, like I'm supposed to be here this is happening for a reason. And then also just having like things like blessing jars too. So I have all kinds of things to, to help me remind myself that I'm here for a reason and everything is good. Like we have something in common. I have a blessing jar. Yes. And it's so helpful because it's just like, it helps you remember things that you're, you're grateful for. And just to remind you like, okay, you may have had a couple bad seconds, but all these things have happened and more things are going to happen. Absolutely. And I think, too, it's just being transparent as well for myself. I definitely get how you feel, especially even being in a room. And then you start to do this whole comparison thing. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you have, like, talked yourself so down and, like, minute. And I tell everybody, 
the thing that I remind myself and it like goes back to what you were just saying. One, it's um, this scripture that says like, uh, think on, think on those things that are good, but also it reminds me of, I, I have to tell myself, like, I love the voice note thing. I'm so still in that. Tell your friend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of like, I tell myself I'm a step further than the person who's still sitting at home wishing. Mm. So like I I have to remind myself that. Like, no, I'm not where Shonda Rhimes is. Like Shonda Rhimes is the truth. She put in her time. Right. So if I keep being consistent, one day I'll be at my own destination and not necessarily Shonda Rhimes, but I'll be at Siobhan's destination. So Exactly. And then because it just came to my mind too, but this was like one of the biggest things that helped me spring forward. My friend Ron, he told me. Cause I used to have aspiring like in my bio and he was, mm. he like basically yelled at me, like take aspiring out of your, out of your bio. Like you're not asp- aspiring means you're just thinking about it. If you sitting right here in front of me with the camera, you are a filmmaker. Like you're doing this. Like you wrote that idea out. You're doing it now. You are no longer aspiring. Aspiring. You're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and thinking about it. So as long as you keep calling yourself aspiring something, you're never going to get to it. So remove aspiring out of your bio, out of your vocabulary. Do not call yourself aspiring anything. Just say what you are and that's what's going to happen for you. I like that. That's true. I think, and it's so funny you say that because I don't, and I could be wrong, but I have never, when you said that, I have never seen a man put aspiring filmmaker in their bio. Right. (laughs) I don't know why we do that as women. It's like, it's always aspiring something. And it's like, you're right I've never seen a man put aspiring anything no (laughs) yeah they just are like listen this is what it is I don't care we just gonna be out here doing it that's funny it like when you said I was like wait I've never seen a man say that but women we do that all the time we don't have to feel like we shrink ourselves we do no 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 yeah make up space don't shrink yourself. Okay, so I did a little research. I did not give you the warning that I am <laughs> a research junkie. Oh, goodness, what'd you find? <laughs> so I was doing a little research, and I I wanted to ask you when was, which I kind of already got a hint, but what was your defining moment or your, like, aha moment that said that you knew that you needed to pick up a camera or tell stories through, like, a visual medium? Like, when did that moment happen? I think, well, it definitely happened way before I moved to New York. So I'm, I'm from L.A., but I want to say it was an undergrad. I was like 2012, I would say. And uh, my friend introduced me to like a producer saying that he wanted to do like videos of like different artists in the studio. And it was one artist who was like basically my big sister now. And just being able to be around her and see like the creative process and be able to shoot her creative process of creating her album from start to finish, that was just like, okay, this is where I want to be. Like, I love being a part of the behind the scenes things and like documenting people's lives and just being a fly on the wall, just observing. So I think that is what kind of sparked it all for me and just made me be like, okay, this is what I want to do. Because before that, like right before that, I had bought my first camera and I was just like, I'm going to teach myself how to do some things and figure it out. And I like shot a friend's, like his performance. And I looked back at that footage and I cringed. Like it was so, <laughs> it was so bad. Like 
I couldn't figure out how to focus it right. But I was learning. I was learning, okay? I was out doing it, <laughs> trying it out. But after that, that friend introduced me to a producer. And I guess he saw something in me. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, but I think my aha moment definitely was when I really, really buckled down and started uh, being with the artist, like, daily. Or, like, well, every weekend while she was writing and he was making beats so just seeing that whole creation process sparked it for me okay so then why did you move from LA to New York this is just not even in my notes but okay (laughs) my personal question yeah okay well it's I I have two reasons one um LA is comfort zone so I felt Mm. very stagnant didn't feel like I was growing and then at the same time I was dealing with depression and I was kind of running away from that city because it just felt like everything was closing in on me so I was like I'm just gonna go to New York and I needed a valid excuse so I moved to New York and went to New York Film Academy and did their one-year documentary making film program and that was that I moved here in 2015 so I finished that program in 2016 and have been here since I have not moved back to LA yet Okay, so you pick up the camera, the whole experience. I can so relate to you with like footage, and I was looking at it like, this is so trash. Yeah. <laughs> and my friend, who's the editor, uh, Tina, she saved my life with it because, like, listen, it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I had like promised somebody to do their brand, like, documentary. No, it was their commercial for their business. And she, like, called me, like, Siobhan. No. <laughs> this is not. She was like, do you see how much stuff you have out of focus? And I was like, oh, man. No. <laughs> so she edited it, and it turned out really good. Listen, editors can make magic happen. But yes. from that experience and even developing yourself as a person who utilizes the camera, how did that shape you as a director? Like, how did being um becoming familiar with using the camera assist you as a director and was there any benefit I don't think I really felt comfortable directing until recently honestly um Mm -hmm. I still am stepping into that role uh but I feel like not even being behind the camera or like having a camera in my hand it helped me or like developed me as a, as a director editing more. So, okay. Um, pushes me to hone in directing skills. Cause I feel like editing, editing and directing kind of go hand in hand. Um, or honestly, all of them go hand in hand. Cause now when I shoot, I think of how I'm going to edit it. So that kind of directs, this is just going roundabout for me. But no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's good. <laughs> but, but I think editing, taking on more editing, jobs has pushed me to figure out how to edit more because uh or excuse me how to direct better mm-hmm. because when editing if, if somebody gives me their footage and it just handed to me it's like okay I have to go I'm going through all this footage and then I'm like okay I need this I need this I need this and then because I think with with editing it's it's more of a storytelling situation because mm-hmm. you it's it's in your control so when people just give you footage it's not in any like order you as the editor are in control of how the narrative is going to play out so I think that helps me with directing more because then I can help to get out the visual better when it comes to (laughs) the 
the finished product. I'm sorry, because I'm like sitting here trying to figure out how to say this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's in my head, but it won't come out correctly. Oh gosh, this is also an issue with being like a shooter first, because it's like I have everything in my head, but trying to actually say the words is the issue. Okay. Have, have been able to first pick up the camera to be like a cinematographer helped you in any kind of way as a director? So yeah, yeah. Picking up the camera definitely, picking up the camera first mm-hmm. definitely helps because it, because it, no, I don't think anyone can just step out and direct anybody without knowing what's supposed to be in front of the camera or how to mm-hmm. work the camera because you, you need to know like, oh, I need to pan this shot or I need to, to tilt this shot or I need to zoom in on this one character or like rack focus this. Like if you just go in as a director without ever holding a camera and pushing record on a camera or changing a lens they're just going to be telling people i want a shot that looks like x y and z and people are going to be like well what are you saying so i think definitely having the knowledge of shooting or editing you know the things to say as a director like i want you to rack focus on this person or once this person is done with this pan to the left and do x y and z so i think shooting and and knowing like the technical terms of shooting and cinematography definitely helps with directing because it'll add to um being able to give better instructions to your actors or whatever subjects you have or your crew as well so definitely has helped me in that sense okay and then as far as editing because you also do edit in my um my friend that does editing for me she always says that in her mind, she's shooting to edit. Yeah. So is that true for you? It definitely is. Because it makes the process easier. Um, and I think th- all of it goes hand in hand. So like having, like for when you do pre-production, so that shot mm-hmm. list is basically what is like in an editor's head. Because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're getting this shot, you're getting this shot, you're getting this shot. And then you put it all together. So it's like, I'm always my shot list is always in my head as I'm shooting. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to edit this shot like this. I'm going to edit the shot like this. I'm going to get this shot. So I'm, I'm always doing that as I shoot. Cause I'm just like, I do not want to drive myself crazy while editing. So I'm going to get each thing that I need and, and not try to extend it too much. Cause I don't want to have too much footage, but mm-hmm. then you want to make sure you get exactly what you need. Cause you don't want to have too much flow for like, random shots and be like oh well my camera just kept rolling so it's like sometimes those are just not needed yes because i remember when i did my first documentary listen i had so much (laughs) extra stuff it was ridiculous oh my god yes i oh goodness and then you'll be like people people have given me like hours of footage and I'm like, you could have got this within 30 minutes. Like, I didn't need to go through 100 clips just to get 10 seconds from this. So then how do you suggest for somebody who is just getting started to cut down on having too much footage? Uh, definitely shot lists, shot lists are like super important. Because if you go into something without a shot list and you're just going in with your camera and it's just rolling, you're gonna be really upset at yourself when it comes to editing because you're just gonna be sitting there going through footage like why do I have this why do I have this your car is probably gonna get fuller faster and you're gonna be like what do I delete and then panicking so I definitely think having a solid shot list 
with like a little bit of cushion mm-hmm. on it to have like maybe extra shots or whatever, but having a solid shot list of what you want before you go in and attack whatever event or documentary it is that you're shooting is very important and will help in the editing process. So then how did going to um, the New York Film Academy help you as a storyteller? Um, Because for me, it helped. That experience definitely helped me be able to put my my thoughts down into words because I could have a whole idea in my head, but I would have so much trouble exp- like writing it out and like mm-hmm. exactly how I would feel it or see it in my mind. So it definitely helped me with that because we had to have a crew. And it was like, mm-hmm. if you're directing, you cannot touch the camera. So you have to make sure you communicate exactly what you want to your crew through your shot list and through what they call the production Bible. So like your shot list, your locations, the characters, the questions you want to ask your different characters. So that definitely helped me in that sense. It taught me also all the different positions. So like directing, being the DP, doing producing, which I absolutely hate doing. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I do not, I don't know. I just, producing is just not fun for me. Like paperwork and calling people, like I just, I do not like doing that. Just give me my subjects and let me talk. <laughs> like to them. Like, I do not like calling people and having paperwork signed and doing location. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all the boring stuff I do not like. But I think that that's everything that can go into school talk. And also like the business side of it. So like doing mm-hmm. grants and whatnot. So, so I would have never known how to write a grant if I hadn't have been in that program. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could have learned, like, just by Googling or Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. But being able to be in that environment, like, very hands-on, how how that program was definitely helped out. Well, that, I mean, that was really, like, a good roundup for everybody that's listening. But I wanted to ask you, too, because I'm always, because I'm a geek, because I love documentaries. (laughs) So when I see somebody else do them, I'm like, wait a minute, why do you love them? So why documentaries? Um, I like real life stories and I, because I, <laughs> I feel like they're more, in my opinion, I feel like they're more relatable. Like mm-hmm. I, I like that raw emotion and like, no, we're not redoing that take. Like, no, don't, don't do that. I like what you just did that we're leaving it like this. Like being able to just be a, like being a fly on the wall is like fun for me. Like, I just, I'm an observing person. Like, I could sit in a room and just be quiet and, like, disappear. And no one could really know that I'm there. Because I just like observing people and seeing how they interact. And then, like, when that's on, when I capture that on camera, I'm just like, yes. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, and then, like, you get to see things that you don't usually see. Like, for me, my one of my favorite things to watch as a kid was, like, Behind the Music and Diary. Because it's, like we get to see the inner workings of like these celebrities we so love, but it's right. like, you realize they're just humans. They, they got, they have more money than us, but they're regular humans. They're just regular people. Feelings and emotions and down days just like us. So I like documentary style stuff because it's more relatable and, and gives things, give people the human <laughs> feeling that they are. Like that's what I like most. 
Like, I mean, I, I mean, and narrative films or like scripted films are like an escape. But mm-hmm. it's like sometimes I just want to feel like, you know, Beyonce be mad that she gained weight too. Like, it's not easy to lose weight. Like, <laughs> yes. Show me, Beyonce, that yes. how hard it is. <laughs> exactly. You're a whole human being like me. Exactly. That's funny. Okay, so then I did do a little bit of research and I chuckled because how, no, it's not bad. It's a good thing because I just like to, you're the same way and like you're a person, a fly on the wall. I'm that way when I'm interviewing you. It's like, hmm, I get to do all this research and then I put you in the hot seat and you're like, okay, Siobhan. So you also have done, and I think you might still, but correct me if I'm wrong, um, work for, um, at the Church of God in Christ. Yes. A cinematographer, videographer, however people want to call it. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, how do you not get put in a box when you choose specific things to do as far as documentary, whether if it was you did music videos, well, not music videos, but documentaries on persons who were indie music people. Are you afraid of being put in a box or do you feel like you already have been? Uh, I don't feel like I've been put in a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why I just stick to saying like, I, like I'll say I'm three different things. Like I say, cause they all go together. So I say I'm a filmmaker, a creative and a storyteller. Mm-hmm. So it's just all spread out. Cause all of those things are within each other. So it's like when you do a film, you're creating this idea and you're also telling the story. Like my creativeness is making a film and also telling a story. And like I'm telling a story through my creative film. So I think it's all just a very broad expression of myself. And I don't I don't feel like I can be put in a box. I mean if somebody tries to put me in a box, I'm just gonna look at them like, yeah, no, that's not me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing what I wanted. Like I cause at first like I felt like, oh, I just want to do documentary stuff. But then, like, my first love was music videos. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not going to keep calling myself a documentary filmmaker. I'm just going to call myself a creative or a storyteller or a filmmaker mm-hmm. in general because all of those things fall under that. So I, I like documentary. I like biopics. I like music videos. So I'm doing all of those things, and that does not fall under, like, just one category. It's many things that I do. Okay. I like that. And then let us know what freelance life looks like. Because this is what happened. People (laughs) will look on social media, because we're going to get to in a minute, you being accepted into the American Black Film Festival. (laughs) But people will see, you know, that. And then they have now painted this perception of like what, yeah, freelance look looks like as a storyteller. So let us know how that is like day to day. It is not linear. I can say that. <laughs> it is a roller coaster for real with the ups, the downs, the loop de loops, all of that fun stuff. Um because like I have I have a regular nine to five, but it's also a, it's a creative job, so it's like it's, it's fun, but, you know, it's still corporate. But mm-hmm. um, freelance, for me, day-to-day, it's like, 
I go to work, but then I'm also like, okay, what am I working on for myself? Because I still have my own projects that I'm working on and like mm-hmm. flying and out to shoot. So it's like, it's finding a balance is what it is. Like mm-hmm. you have to not tie yourself out. Like that whole rich people don't sleep thing or you can't sleep if, you, if you're trying to get rich. Like that's <laughs> not, <laughs> that's not real life. Like if you don't sleep, you're going to burn yourself out. And if you burn yourself out, you're really not going to be able to do what you want to do. So you have to find a balance in between. Uh, like if you have a regular nine to five, if you don't have a regular nine to five and you're just, you're, you're doing all your entrepreneurial things, like you have to be able to take a break or like have a moment of self care or, or just a moment to breathe because it's not easy and there's going to be times where you're super down you're not going to have any any you're not going to have enough money um, <laughs> you're going to be waiting on a check because net 60 is very stupid and I hate it so much yeah but, so I'm glad you said that because I, I do want to talk about that but keep going oh my god just please abolish it um <laughs> but, but, um, but then it's like you have your moments where you get into the festival you wanted to get into, but at the same time, like, okay, perfect example. So at the top of the year or like March, I was let go from the job that I previously had, mm-hmm. but like, and not a lot of people knew it. Cause I don't just be all on social media. Like, Oh my God, guys, I got fired. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I, I, like, I told close friends like, yeah, this is what's happening right now whatever and then at the same time I had got into my first film festival with my short which was like the it was the african-american women in cinema film festival so mm-hmm. people were seeing this and like oh my god you're doing x y and z look at you you're doing blah 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 and I'm like oh but if only you knew mm-hmm. that I do not <laughs> have anything happening right now and then like you have friends who are like well, you do film, so you have such a tangible, like, job, or, like, you can do whatever, like, somebody always needs a filmmaker, and I'm like, yeah, they say that they need you, but, like, as soon as they'll see you and be like, oh, uh, well, you're a woman, do you really know what you're doing? Like, I've had this happen, like, like, people come to you and be like, oh, you're getting your good shots, you know what you're doing, it's just like, well, obviously, like, I'm here, they hired me, they know that mm-hmm. I can get the shot, but I had so many friends that would just be like, well, I know you're you're sad, like you don't have a job, but like look, you just got into a film festival, and I'm like, okay, but it's not paying me. Like I still right. have bills to pay, and like no one even is like calling me to edit. So it's like that's one aspect of freelancing too, where it's like you have moments where it's like constant work coming in, but mm-hmm. then you'll have moments where it's just completely dry, and you're just like, okay, in this moment, what do I do? So I think in those moments where it's completely dry, I had to remind myself that I have other projects that I want to work on for myself and start planning those out and then something else will come along at, at the same time that will pay me and help right. <laughs> keep my lights on um, right yeah I, did I answer the question I feel like I was just talking no, no, no. <laughs> you answered it I mean because I just want people you know just to have a realistic perspective of it because yeah. it's so easily to say, because even me, like I'm in the same boat and I I have a tangible date kind of sort of in my mind when I want to pivot totally from my nine to five. But it's still that, it's still that like the unknown, but then it's also, it goes when you were talking about money and I was going to ask you for us as freelancers and women and maybe we're not as established as other people. Are you secure 
and like having a price and sticking with your price and not feeling like you're undercharging yourself? I, I still kind of struggle with this mm-hmm. with, with like naming a price and like sticking with it. Um, but, so, but as of late though, I have been like, no, this is my number and I need you to pay half up front as like a deposit and then mm-hmm. you'll pay me the other half once the project is complete. Like having to stick with that is like, it's hard, but it's like, you have to like really put your foot down. Like, no, I said what I said and this is what's going to have to happen or you can find someone else. Right. And it's like in those moments you have to, you have to remind yourself of your worth and stick to it for real. Cause people will definitely try to shortchange you all the time yes listen (laughs) i think it's just easy for people to think like hey you just show you set up your camera you show up on the day of and that's it they don't see what happens before and after right it's like traveling like i have to charge batteries you don't know if i may have had to buy another Mm -hmm. uh, card or something like yeah it's it's a lot yeah Especially being in New York too, like that, I'm just like, I you need to help out with travel because getting on a train or Uber and <laughs> I have bags, so right, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot to consider. So I want to talk to you about the American Black Film Festival. Yay! Yes. <laughs> okay, so tell me first your experience with applying for it and then tell me what you got into the festival for what project it was okay so um I think I'll, I can start with the project that it is because okay. it's it's fairly interesting so like I said earlier my uh, my first love with film was music videos like I would love to sit and watch music videos and then like anytime I hear music I usually have some sort of idea playing in my head like a movie um, and so with this one, I listened to Scissor's album, Control, mm-hmm. and immediately ideas just started popping in my head and they would not leave me alone. Like it just, the songs would come on and I would see a whole visual happening. So I just sat down and wrote an idea out. This was the summer her album came out in 2017. Um, and I had only told one person about the idea, like, oh, I want to write this out. Like, X, Y, and Z. And he's like, oh, so it'd be a music video. I was like, no a short film it's not a music video so i ended up writing it out and i called it uh control and Mm -hmm. old the fuck voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh what i did was i took parts from six songs of the album and instead of dialogue i used those songs to push Mm -hmm. the narrative of the story and then there's like text messages on the screen and the interactions with the characters also I wrote it, directed it, and I was also in it. So I wore a lot of hats with this project. And then when we finished it, um, I edited it as well. I, I wore so many hats. This was a lot. Uh, but I had like a small screening for like friends and whatnot and people who helped me out with it. And I wasn't planning on submitting it to film festivals. Like, I was just, I just wanted to do the project, get it out. And I was, my really, real plan was to just like put it on like a private link and like send it to people who I knew were connected like in the industry so that they can go around and show people what I know how to do but then I started seeing like different categories and film festivals and I was like you know what let me just try this out so I submitted to four different festivals um ABFF being one of them 
And I was terrified. I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Like, I'm going to just submit. Because <laughs> like, for ABFF, the category was music in motion. And I was like, this is like the perfect category. I cannot not submit to this. Like, I have to submit. So I submitted. That was back in February. And like, submitted and forgot about it. But then the first one I heard back from was the African American Women in Cinema Film Festival. So that was pretty cool. That was at the end of March. And then after that, I was like, oh, my God, April's coming. April's when we're going to find out about ABFF. Oh, God. Like, I'm just stressing myself out. Everybody's like, yo, relax. You're going to get in. I'm like, mm, okay, we'll see. It's ABFF, y'all. Like, this is pretty, pretty goddamn big. Like, oh, we'll see. So I'm like, I'm at, like, I started a new job. So I'm just at work, like, anxious, like, checking my email, refreshing it to see if, like, it comes in. Because it was like, we're supposed to find out on April 25th. And that didn't happen. And they were supposed to find out on Martin, on May 3rd. That didn't happen. And then, oh, my God, that Monday I got that email. Like, I just saw the email. I was sitting at my desk. I saw the email. And I just dropped my phone. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I just started shaking. Like, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> like, so I was just like, this is crazy. Like, this, this is really happening. I'm going to ABFF this time around like I've actually submitted to it before um because I had a short film it was a short doc that I did on myself again putting myself in front of the camera but I did it about me dealing with depression as a black woman Mm -hmm. um and how I had never talked about it to my mom or anyone in my family for that matter and so I captured me talking to my mom and my grandma for the first time ever about dealing with depression but anyways yes I got into ABFF this year with my short control and all the fuck boys so that was very exciting and I'm super excited and I actually still kind of can't believe it like it hasn't set in I don't think it's gonna set in until I get down there next week so mm-hmm. oh my gosh <laughs> it's gonna be so exciting though like you get to like show it and see people's response yeah so I'm excited and nervous at the same time. It's going to be great. It, yeah. <laughs> especially because it's like, it's different to talk about, you know, like just regular things, but something that is your project and you love and you put so much effort and you wore so many hats, like you're going to be natural because it's your project. Yeah. Because that's what my, my friend Bruce, who is also my executive producer on this project too, he was telling me, like right before I screened it for like my friends, I was like, shaking nervous i was like i've done a screening before like for my doc and i don't understand why i'm so nervous right now i wasn't nervous then and he's like it's because your creativity like your creative side is showing now like you were vulnerable in your doc Mm -hmm. just you but this is a whole another sort of vulnerability because it's your creativity that you're about to show so that's why you're freaking out but it's fine (laughs) and i'm like okay (laughs) everybody liked it i'm just like oh my god you guys really like me. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see it. I have to, um, yeah, yes, I want to be able to I see can, Yeah, I could definitely send it to you. Okay. Yes, I want to watch it. And before I ask you, like, my last uh, question, I wanted to ask you, because you addressed it a little bit earlier and you just spoke about it now, um, just about, because, in, in case you didn't know, my nine to five, I wear the hat of a counselor. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then for somebody who went through her own experience of 
dealing with like anxiety, which I never thought that I would have ever dealt with and being like depressed. Yeah. And then like having to sit on the opposite side of the couch because I work with kids specifically, but sit on the other side, like you would have thought that I was like going on this spy trip because like I was so, (laughs) I was trying to wear like heavy coats and a hat so people wouldn't know I was going to go get (laughs) therapy really yes because I just I'm so used to giving the advice and saying take care of yourself but now if you go to my my personal social media like I whenever I go to therapy I post it because I go like every two weeks because I'm just a believer in mental health maintenance yes I wanted to ask you since you did experience that and you are creative how have you now taken the steps to make sure that you're taking care of your mental health? Um, well, I, I'm getting ready to start looking for another therapist uh, now that I'm back in a job with benefits. Uh, so I can, have, I can help pay for that cost. Um, but I tend to journal a lot. That mm-hmm. helps me a, a lot, journaling and then reminding myself to actually talk to people. Like I have like certain people like two people that I will reach out to like, Hey, I'm not feeling okay. And then like, it's, it's been a process to get myself to do that because I am that I can easily just stay in my room and stay to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So doing things like reaching out to like those two people that I have journaling. And then I actually create playlists. Like I, of a playlist hoarder. One of my friends just clowns me all the time. But I have a playlist for all kind of moods. Like <laughs> I have like a good vibes playlist. Like I have a playlist where it's I call it emo vibes because I sometimes <laughs> I need to I need to get myself to cry because I'll just sit here in in just solemn feelings and just not acknowledge the world. So I'll get myself to cry. And I, I that's one thing I do allow myself to do is acknowledge my feelings and like sit with them for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then start to talk myself out of it or like journaling and then reaching out to like certain people that I have so I have like several different ways of attacking it but just needing or helping to get myself out of it like I have one of my sorority sisters I just like a couple weeks ago I have reached out to her to tell her like I just wasn't feeling like myself anymore and so now, like, she'll call me in the morning to work out and stuff so I can just get back to my regular, like, scheduled life. Um, so it's just little things. Well, not little things. They're all big to me. But different things that I have that I do every morning and um, on the daily, like, writing in a journal, meditating, making sure to breathe and, like, kind of do like a gratitude check too so like saying I'm just grateful to wake up and things like that and looking at my being Mary Jane um post-its on my closet (laughs) I'm here for the (laughs) post-it there's a bunch of blue post-its on my wall so yeah I I have several different things that I do just get it together because because I really and I have to realize that self-care doesn't look the same for everybody yeah it definitely doesn't some people take bubble baths. Some people do stuff with their skin, you know, plump it up, start glowing out here. But for me, it's like, <laughs> I just need to acknowledge my feelings and be like, this is what I'm feeling right now. And it's okay to have these feelings, but don't allow myself to just stay there. 
And then one thing one of my friends told me, or it was like a post I saw too, it was like, things come in waves. So mm. learn mm. how to surf, <laughs> basically. That's a good one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, so any advice for someone who is looking to start off being a storyteller? What do you have? Any words of advice, places they need to start? Um, I would say, firstly, just don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. Um, do not think that you can do everything on your own. Um, and because there are always people who want to help you out. Uh, and that is, I, I still have issues with asking for help. And my friends always bash me over the head for it. But never be afraid to ask for help. Never add, be afraid to say that you don't understand something. Um, and don't be afraid to take up space either. Uh, and don't ever feel like your idea is a stupid one. No idea that you have is a stupid one. Write it out and write another one if you feel like the first one isn't your best. But don't ever feel like any idea is stupid. Mm. yeah that's good I mean it was like a bunch of different, different no things. no that wasn't like one I was like several different things to do no that's I mean I, I don't think it's necessarily had to give one but everything you said is true especially don't be afraid to ask for help yeah because that that's a big one for me like I really have to realize like I can't do anything by myself like yeah you wrote the idea out but you're not gonna be able to accomplish it just by yourself you're gonna need more hands in the pot to help stir it up and cook it yeah i agree <laughs> well thank you so much for being on see that wasn't that bad no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad i just i just overthink that's the thing i get and i get in my own way a lot that's another thing to not do don't get in your, get out of your own way that's what you have to do get out of your own way you got to take a leap that's what i tell myself yes. like take a leap you're not going to always get it right but you're learning so yeah that's that yes that is the testament to my life <laughs> you, you are learning so let everybody know how they can be in contact with you your website anything like that um well i'm definitely not a twitter person so my instagram <laughs> is uh crystal clear so it's underscore k-r-i-s-t-o-l-k-l-e-a-r and then my website is the same crystalclear.com k-r-i-s-t-o-l-k-l-e-a-r.com and that is me janai crystal <laughs> well thank you for being on and everyone who's listening you know the drill. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Go live your filmmaking dreams and make sure that you are subscribed if you haven't already. Leave a comment and you can find us on Instagram. Go follow us. We are at the Creative Outsiders. Until next time. <laughs>